Hey everybody, this is Nate Smoyer, and you're listening to the Tech Nest Podcast. This is the show where we sit down with the leaders in real estate and technology to find out what they're doing to transform the way we buy, sell, and invest in real estate. If you've got an interest in real estate and technology, stick around. You're in the right place. I'm so pumped for this episode. We just had Zach Evanish from Roofstock. He's a sales director over there. Roofstock is doing some really incredible things where they're streamlining the process for you to be able to buy and invest in single family homes wherever you may live. So you could be living in Los Angeles and buying in Nashville. You could be living in Nashville and buying in Charlotte. Uh, They do an incredible job at leveraging data scientists to find the next upcoming markets. And then they even streamline the process of inspecting and putting in management and even having tenants already in the property when you buy it. So you're getting cash flow on day one. So listening to this episode, you're going to learn a lot about what Roofstock is doing. They might be the right option for you guys. Well, hey, Zach, welcome to the TechNest podcast. Glad you could join us. Thanks, Nate. Happy to be here. Great. So let's just get the start. Let's get this started here. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody? Let them know who you are and what you do. Excellent. Love to Zach Evanish. I am the director of retail sales at Roofstock. And for those of you who are not aware, Roofstock is a online marketplace connecting buyers and sellers of single family and two to four unit investment properties, really focused on tenant occupied properties, providing investors with cash flow day one. Okay. So you guys are trying to do something pretty small here, huh? (laughs) 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 So let's try and break that down. Cause I know this is a big item here, right? You guys got, you're you're really ambitious on what you're doing here. What is the like the main problem or the main few problems that Roofstock is attempting to solve? Yeah, I like to break it down to problems on the buyer side and then the seller side. So let's take it first from a a seller. I'm a seller who owns an occupied property. And traditionally, you know, I would try to sell it, you know, through the MLS. And generally properties that already have tenants in place, it's seen as a negative the buyers that are looking at your properties, you know, want to do open houses and showing and, you know, want to move in right after close of escrow. And if I own a property that has a tenant in place, it's harder to sell if I go through traditional means where, you know, that tenant in place, that cash flow can actually be a positive to a different segment of the buying community, the investment community. So what we've done is taken the fact that there's a tenant in place and started marketing those homes to people to appreciate it. People who are looking to buy properties specifically because there's a tenant in place providing cash flow day one. You know, the, the idea for Roofstock came up when one of our co-founders, Gregor Watson, had 20 or 30 properties in Dallas that he was looking to sell. Took them to a local real estate agent, and uh, he or she said, you know, great, we would love to sell you these properties or love to sell these for you. You know, let's get the tenants out. Let's do open houses and showing, you know, and I'm going to charge you 6% to sell these. And he was just thinking, well, that doesn't make any sense. You know, there's cash flow and tenants in these homes. And yes, the buyer may be in Dallas, but the buyer may also be in Seattle or Los Angeles or Tokyo. 
you know, mm-hmm. let's expose this property to people that are looking for investment properties and the fact that there's a tenant is actually a positive. Mm-hmm. And then on, years- the, on the buying side, oh, go ahead, Nate. Yeah, sorry about that. How many years ago was that? Uh, that was about five years ago when he okay. originally had that idea and then Roofstock launched uh, just about three years ago. So it wasn't before the time of the internet. I mean, it was it was relatively recent. They still could have been marketing outside of the Dallas area, but they just wanted to go through the traditional process, which was, you know, kind of their lead building process, you know, for the realtor. And they were just unable to handle uh, the, the special needs of being able to sell tenant occupied properties is that, that ever saying. Correct. And seeing the value bef- behind the fact that there was already a quality underwritten tenant in the home mm-hmm. and knowing how to market that to the investor community. Got it. Got it. And then on the, on the buy side, how, what's, what, how is Roofstock changing things on the buying side? Yeah, on the buy side, you know, we're really focused on helping first-time investors. And a lot of our investors live in expensive markets. You know, I'm in San Francisco. Very hard to find any property, you know, below seven or eight hundred thousand and anything that makes any type of sense from a return. So what mm-hmm. we're doing doing and we're really excited about it is allowing investors, no matter where they live, to get exposure to some of the best real estate markets in the country, you know, places like Austin, Nashville, Charlotte, Detroit, Cleveland, exposure to those markets, no matter where you live. Traditionally, looking 20 or so years ago, if you own an investment property, odds were very high that that property was was within driving distance of where you lived, which doesn't make a ton of sense. One, because, you know, what are the odds that the best investment market is also where I live? And then also, even if it is, then I'm putting all my eggs in one basket. What we're really excited about is we're allowing people to buy homes thousands of miles from where they live and diversify outside of their local market. That's awesome. I mean, it just makes a ton of sense. And there is, you know, I've been through the struggle myself personally, trying to find property outside of my local area. And I've got so many questions of what is the jobs market? What are people making? What's the vacancy rates? can I find a good property management company to trust? And it seems like you guys, have, you've done all the legwork up front in determining which markets to be even to be, to be in. And then, and then you go ahead and, and help find the properties and, and you're building out this marketplace of those properties. It, it sounds like you're doing a lot of the work that someone would previously, they would have to spend, you know, hundreds on plane trips and, phone calls and interviewing people to, to help them out on the ground and building a team. So it sounds really cool about what you're doing. Um, let, let's try this. Let, let's walk through what, what would it look like as uh, let's say I, I, I do some Googling and I find Roofstock. What would it look like from a buyer's perspective to go through a transaction? What's that process look like? First step would be to, you know, come to our website. You can register on our site. It's free to register. Mm-hmm. From there, you can start to build your investor profile. We will start to ask you questions you know, around how much you're looking to invest, what are your real estate goals, both short-term and long-term, are you more focused on cash flow, appreciation, both you know, short and long-term goals, and from there, help you select investment properties that are going to fit those goals. As you explained earlier, we do a lot of the diligence on the front end. 
So mm-hmm. every property that's on our site has gone through the rootstock certification process, which means we've certified the tenant. We've reviewed the tenant payment history. We've reviewed the lease. We've done an inspection of that home. So the property does not pass the inspection. It does not make it on our site. Mm-hmm. We also provide certified property managers and all this information is available on the site. And like you said earlier, you know, we're really trying to, you know, separate investing from management. Mm-hmm. So these are homes that already have, you know, tenants in place. We connect you with local property managers. Most of the buyers on our site are busy professionals. You know, we do have some professional investors, but most of our buyers are are busy professionals and they're doing, you know, investing before work, after work on the weekend. So we want to make it as easy as possible for them to narrow down the properties that fit for them. Look at one that matches their goals. And the last thing that's really great is you can actually make an offer or a purchase right through our site versus traditionally finding a great property you really like on Zillow or Trulia or something like that. And then having to call an agent, set up showings, and then make Mm -hmm. an offer with a, you know, a lot of paperwork back and forth, really trying to streamline things as much as we can with the understanding of what our buyers are looking for. They're looking for cash flowing investment properties. They're looking to a di- diversify in an easy way so they can get back to, you know, the things that really matter to them. Yeah. You know, family and enjoying life. Now, how do, uh, and I think that's awesome. Uh, I, I really do. I think that it's so customer centric and that's one of the things that really stands out to me. I'm glad you brought up the, the certification. I was going to ask you about that because you're, you, that's also, you have a, a, a money back guarantee on that, a 30 day money back guarantee. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Any property that you buy through Rootstock, we offer a 30 day money back guarantee. And the reason we offer that is one, we understand this is a new way of buying investment properties. We want buyers to feel really comfortable. And then two, we have such a high level of confidence in our certification process and understand that you know the property you're buying has already gone through this pretty rigorous uh, underwriting on the front end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I think that's pretty, uh, that's pretty brilliant that you're able to do that. So one thing I, I was wondering on the buy side, you know, so they're, they're going through you and sourcing the property. What, what, what about the financing pieces to this? Is it like a totally traditional financing? It is. Some of the, you know, the differences are for investment properties, you're putting at least 20% down. Mm-hmm. We have investment focused lenders that we connect buyers with. A lot of our buyers are going through the lenders that we have on the site because they're more focused in working with investors. But if someone has a lender that they have a relationship with, they're more than free to go with that lender. But yeah, there's really no you know big difference other than you have to put at least 20% down. And lenders will look at it you know, for a conventional loan. They're really underwriting a little bit on the property, but more you as the buyer. And then when investors start to get towards the 10 loan limit in terms of number of loans in their name, then they start to look for alternative, you know, non-conventional or portfolio lenders. Got it. Okay. So, so really anybody, you know, if if you've got, you know, a standard income situation, you've got money set aside, you're able to put 20% down. um, There's, there's no special requirements. You don't have to be a credit investor. Really anyone could become an, uh, an investor. Uh, and then you guys will walk them through that process. 
That's exactly right. It's all done right for our site. We also have a team of advisors who is here to help every step of the way. Quite a bit of hand-holding, you know, on the front end of determining your goals, finding a property. You know, we have transaction coordinators, people that can walk you through the entire process. That's great. So let me ask this. Why, why, why this now? Why, why go after this? I mean, I understand the, the backstory and, but the, you know, the, the odds of, you know, realtors coming across cases like, you know, having 20 and 30 properties to sell for one person. I mean, I think it's far less than just, you know, having one or two. So why focus on this, this one problem? You know, there's 15 million single family rental properties in the U.S. Hmm. Approximately 1 million investment properties transact every year. Hmm. And what we're really trying to do is improve the way real estate is sold across the globe, really focusing on investment properties. Anytime we see efficiencies, inefficiencies, really focused on how can we improve that process? How do we provide a better experience? for buyer and seller. I think the reason now is partly because of technology and property managers. You know, now you can buy properties hundreds, thousands of miles, miles away from where you live with confidence. I think before, you know, technology and having property managers that are focused on working with investors who live remotely, you really wouldn't be able to do this and, you know, and sleep at night and build a portfolio. So I think a lot of things came together. Inefficiencies on the property management side, some of the institutionalization of the, of the single family rental world, which we can get into along with, you know, just having the internet and, you know, sites like Zillow and Trulia that started it. Yeah. Yeah. You're hitting all the hot buttons. That's for sure. Um, uh, let's, we'll kind of shift gears a little bit here. Let's talk about some of the investment uh, sides of this. Um, so, you know, one of the, the one of the, the big, uh, attractions I can see to Roofstock is the ability to invest in real estate passively. Um, but there's, there's already vehicles to do that in real estate. And then there's, you know, obviously passive investments outside of real estate. So, why do you think it is that people choose real, uh, Roofstock over those other options? Yeah, when you're talking other options in terms of stocks, real estate investment trust, you know, yes. some of the crowdfunding sites. Yeah, and I think yeah. what Roof separates Roofstock is you're getting direct ownership in a property. What I love about owning rental properties, and my wife and I have purchased six to Roofstock, is the control. I know I have the control of where I'm buying, which property I'm buying. I don't feel like I have that same amount of control in the stock market or owning a real estate investment trust. And obviously that, you know, I think the number one reason more millionaires are made through roof stock is, excuse me, through real estate is, you know, power of leverage, right? What other vehicle where a bank loan you 80% of the purchase while your tenant pays your mortgage? Mm-hmm. That along with rent increases, appreciation, depreciation, all the tax benefits. I think when you put all those things together, along with the fact that you have control of the property, mm-hmm. is why so many people are starting to gravitate towards rental property direct ownership versus you know some of the more passive ways. 
but also, you know, lower returns. And I think people are starting to see the benefits of having a little more control. Yeah. And, and speaking of returns, so uh, let, let's talk about the returns a little bit. Um, you know, so you're putting 20% down. Um, what kind of returns can someone expect on the properties that they're investing or they're buying uh, from the, the rootstock marketplace? Prices on our site, you know, range from sixty to three hundred thousand. The okay. the cap rate, which is your net operating income divided by your price, mm-hmm. range from the high fours to the you know mid seven, even low eight, and that's really a function of which market you're buying in and the price of that property. Mm-hmm. You know, buyers on average are putting 20% down. Some buyers are purchasing these all cash or even putting 40 or 50% down if there's a monthly cash flow number they're looking to achieve. I think it's important that, you know, before a buyer comes on our site, you know, if they're new to real estate investing and starts looking at cap rates and cash flow and cash on cash returns, just really taking a step back and looking at how much are they looking to invest and what are their long-term goals when I'm speaking with people and I'm speaking with people every day, it's really important to focus on your long-term goals and have that long-term buy and hold mindset. I think that drives you toward buying quality properties and quality locations. You know, like anything, if you expect a a home run return out of the start, that's going to come with additional risk. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with that, but making sure people understand uh, some of the risks associated with certain properties. And, the, and those cap rates, the, uh, just in case anyone's not familiar, so the capitalization rate, uh, you mentioned net income divided by the purchase price, uh, but that's you know, net income, that's after all expenses, that's you know, repairs, maintenance, uh, property management fees, everything, correct? Correct. Yeah, that's everything except for your loan payment. Right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, so you guys are hitting, so it's amazing because you guys are hitting all the standard cap rate. I mean, obviously, like you mentioned, you can get higher cap rates, but it comes with risk, maybe coming up, you know, buying in a neighborhood that is not yet on the verge of coming up, but still very much in the dark days. Um, Whereas, you know, your a five and six cap is probably going to be in a A class neighborhood, I'm assuming, right? That's exactly right. And then understanding that I buy that, you know, on Roofstock, we have a neighborhood rating, which we can get into, but that's really correlating the quality of the, the neighborhood and the return that we're offering. Mm-hmm. So if you're buying a property with a, a higher neighborhood rating, a higher quality property location, you're willing to accept a lower return, but also understand that odds are that property is going to appreciate faster. You're going to be able to raise the rents faster. It's going to be a lower maintenance. Uh, less management intensive property. So those people who are coming to our site and really looking to do this passively, I highly recommend, especially when they're starting to buy those higher quality properties, which may offer a little lower return out of the gate. But if you look long-term with, again, appreciation and rental increases, you're going to do really, really well. Yeah. And you mentioned some of the markets that you're uh, working in, I heard you say Nashville and Cleveland, and I know both of those markets, you know, Nashville, oh my goodness, the breakneck speed that, that, that market is just rapidly expanding. 
Uh, and I know that Cleveland has gone through its own revitalization, but what are some of the other markets you guys are working in right now? Yeah, we're in 24 different markets right now. Four or five markets along the West Coast, Las Vegas, Phoenix, Northern and Southern California. Uh, we're also in Dallas, Houston, but most of our markets are in the Southeast. We're in Charlotte, Raleigh, Winston-Salem, the four big Florida markets, Jacksonville, Tampa, Miami, Orlando, uh, Atlanta is a really big market for us. We have a data science team that is constantly looking for up and coming markets. And what they're focused on is job growth, rent growth, uh, price appreciation, but also looking at areas where it still makes sense to buy from a cash flow perspective. Hmm. You know, we're, we're, we just recently launched, you know, Birmingham and Huntsville, Alabama, two markets I really like. Two new auto plants going into Huntsville, still able to offer a really solid, from both a cash flow and appreciation perspective. And those are two markets that, you know, before our data science team pulled those up and we started really researching, you know, I honestly knew very little about. But after doing some research on, you know, where those markets are, the type of returns they offer, really, really impressed. Okay. No, that's that's great. I mean, that's see, that's the kind of that's the kind of leverage that I think that is unique about you guys that offer. You know, you're able to offer at scale to, you know, average investors. I mean, I I can't afford to bring on a data scientist to, you know, to to take a data first approach into finding the next market. But because you guys are servicing across all these markets, you know, it's a unique competitive advantage that enables you to deliver that, you know, that that uh, that service. I think that's I think that's incredible. Um, let's, let's talk about, uh, a little bit actually about, um, okay. So let me back up here. The, all the properties that are on the marketplace currently that, uh, an investor can come and buy from you guys. Um, those are, those are all owned by your clients, right? They're not owned by Roofstock at all. Are they? They are not. That's a question that comes up quite frequently. Roofstock does not own any of the properties on our site. We run, you know, the marketplace, provide the technology and the data to allow buyers and sellers to make informed decisions. We're all about using technology data to provide a high level of transparency so people can make educated investment decisions. Got it. And so, and I have to ask, because there's just so much talk about this category, is there any plans for Roostock to enter into the iBuyer market? You know, it's one of those things that, you know, does come up because it's obviously with, you know, with Open Door and Zillow starting to enter that. I think it's something we would look at at some point. But right now we are solely focused on our mission of democratizing real estate investing, allowing investors to buy properties in a market they traditionally would not have exposure to. We are laser focused on that. As other things come up, we'll look at them. But, you know, how, how do we make it? easier and easier for investors to buy properties outside their local market. That's really our focus right now. Got it. Um, so you guys are expanding quite a bit. Um, you're only a few years old, right? Uh, for, forget what year you said you guys were founded. Correct. Yeah. We, uh, we launched our MVP. So our initial site in late 2015 officially launched Roofstock 
in uh, early March of 2016. So a little over two and a half years, we passed the billion dollar mark in terms of real estate sold in early January. So wow. very excited about that. Yeah, obviously a, a big point milestone for Roofstock. And I think it just shows there's obviously very strong appetite for the product. And again, what really excites us is bringing new investors to this space. Yeah. You know, not just the institutional investors, but bringing new, younger investors and allowing them to, to buy properties outside their local market. That's what so, really excites us. So what's been working to help you guys grow? What, what, is, what is the seek? I mean, obviously, besides your service offering, which seems like it's really well stacked in the customer's favor, what, what has been driving the growth for you guys? Honestly, it's been customer referrals. I think focusing out of the gate on the customer experience. You know, our, our two co-founders, Gary Beasley and Gregor Watson, come from the institutional single-family world. So they understand the, the fundamentals inside and out of what makes a good investment property. Mm. And starting to democratize that information to investors of all sizes and all locations. But I think it really just goes back to, you know, from the beginning, focusing on, you know, high quality customer service and buyer experience. You know, most of our our buyers are purchasing multiple properties. You know, it's one thing to buy your, your first investment property, but then when you start to receive those rental checks and the power of leverage and your tenant paying your mortgage, you get really, really excited and think about, man, if I buy five, you know, 10 of these, what can my, my life look like in five or 10 years as I build passive income? And that's mm-hmm. when this gets really exciting. And that's when it's fun talking to people. Got it. And then um, what about one thing that you guys have tried over the years uh, that hadn't worked or you were trying and you realized that that's what the market didn't want? Can you share something that uh, maybe was just a, a failed experiment or something that just didn't go the way you thought it was going to go? Definitely. And uh, yes, we are always constantly testing things. So there's there's several. But the one that comes to mind is we tried a program called Roofstock Rock, almost like Nordstrom's rack and the idea here was we have this very yeah we have this very strict certification process and you know more than half the homes were that sellers want to list through stock do not make it on our site and a lot of this is because you know the property did not pass the inspection so thinking Mm -hmm. okay there's a lot of these properties that don't pass the inspection how do we still help the sellers sell these maybe we have buyers who are interested in buying properties that need work so we created this section of our site called the Roofstock Rack, and that was for properties that maybe the tenant was late on their mortgage or needed additional work. In theory, it sounded really good, um, but what we found is most of our buyers are purchasing properties, again, hundreds, thousands of miles where they live, and they're really looking for something that's you know pretty turnkey, that has a good cash-flowing tenant in place and doesn't need a lot of work out of mm. the gate. I think it's potentially something we could revisit down the line, but I would say that was something that we tried and uh, did not work out. I love, I love the approach. I mean, equating uh, Nordstrom rack and, and creating the real estate version is just, that's just, <laughs> that's creativity right there. That is really going outside the box. Okay. Let's, we're going to totally shift gears. We're going to play a game called for the future uh, for the future 
is a segment where I ask each guest on the show to give their best predictions based on the following four questions. Ready to play? Yes, love it. <laughs> okay, first one. What does Roofstock look like one year from now? We have expanded into two to four unit properties. We are in another five market. And we have streamlined the mortgage process to the same extent we've streamlined the purchase process. Really focused on where are there inefficiency? Where is it too much paperwork You know, for buyers? Where do they not have total transparency in the process. And I think that's on the, on the lending mortgage side. So I think we're in a totally different place in that area. Wow. And that actually, you, you, I have to, I have to like interrupt this segment because you just mentioned expanding into two to four unit properties. And that was something I did notice about the site. It's all single family homes right now, but you guys have your sites on going multifamily. We do. We have, my guess is, you know, three to 4% of our listings right now are two to four unit properties, but we've been so later laser focused on single family that the site isn't set up as well as it could be to really explain two to four unit properties and, and some of the benefits. We also really need to figure out the differences in property management and finding the best of the best for not only single family, but two to four unit properties, mm-hmm. but there is a lot of demand. And I think it's another option that we can allow you know, our investors to look through. I think it's, you know, a lot of people are maybe starting with single family and, ex- you know, exchanging or kind of evolving the two to four unit properties. But I think it's a, a pretty simple evolution that I think we'll get to here in the, in the very near term. Got it. Very cool. Okay. Um, question number two, what does the housing market look like one year from now? I think it's going to cool off slightly in terms of rent growth and price appreciation. But I think we're going to be in, to, in a pretty similar place to where we are right now. Most of the cooling, I think, is going to be in places like San Francisco, Seattle, mm-hmm. Austin, Texas, where they're on a you know six, seven-year bull run that is really tough to keep up, especially when you look at wage growth compared to price appreciation. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to push people to start look at some secondary markets, tertiary markets, places like Milwaukee, Huntsville, Alabama, where they can start to get returns because the, the prices in some of the higher price markets are going to start to soften a bit. Yeah. Um, when will the next big boom or bust happen in real estate? I think we are, from any type of downturn, I think we're probably four to five years out. I don't think it'll be anything like what we saw in 2006 or 2007. I think that was partially a, or maybe all the way a, a man-made crisis in terms of mm-hmm. throwing fuel on the fire. I don't think we're going to see anything like that probably ever again. I do think next year they're going to start to soften a bit in some of the higher price markets. I think three two to four years down the line, we're going to see some softening in other markets. But if you're a real estate investor, I would definitely recommend starting to look back through history. You know, even during the crisis when prices fell pretty significantly, rent stayed pretty strong 
in some markets even went up. So if you're buying for the long term, you're getting a 30-year fixed rate mortgage, I think you're still going to be in a really, really good spot. Because, mm-hmm. you know, as, as prices fall, could go along with, you know, interest rates increasing, that's going to reduce the demand. And a lot of those people are going to, you know, continue to rent. And if you look historically, the correlation between price decline and then uh, decline is not there. Mm-hmm. So I think as an investment property owner, you're still going to do really well. Got it. All right. Question number four. And that is that's the last of for the future. Uh, what's one thing you believe will fade away in real estate as a result of technological advances? That is a great question. Fade away as real estate. Uh, the lack of transparency, where I see most of it is on the commercial real estate side. You know, one of the things that annoys me the most is brokers holding all the information, holding all the cards. You know, if you look back to the, you know, 60s, 70s to buy a house, you'd have to go to the local real estate agent office and they would flip through a book to show all the properties. Obviously, we've made it a long way from there. But if I look at commercial real estate, I still feel like there's a a level of transparency that is not there. So I think what will will change would be, uh, I think, on the commercial real estate side is where technology is lagging. A little bit. I know that's not a not a very clear answer, but I would say it's increased transparency. I think buyers' uh, patience for you know off market deals and dual transactions and things like that is just completely gone. They want to be able to see all the information up front and make a decision. Yeah, I, I tend to align with you on that one there. Uh, I've, I'm seeing a lot of companies uh, pop up that are focusing on data, data democratization, and uh, you know, really being consumer centric in the commercial space. And I, I think that I think you're right. I think that that is a any point in tension is a market opportunity, and people are seeing that and responding to it with real estate. That's for sure. Um, all right, we got a. a we have a closing segment here and then uh, we'll wrap it up. Um, You know, so you're you're the sales director at Roofstock. You're leading other people. I'm curious um, for, for your own personal sake of how you're staying sharp and ahead of the curve. What are you reading? Uh, John Burns is a big leader in the single family rental space. Okay. Providing data on, all the real estate markets that we're in. He sends quarterly and monthly updates. Those are, you know, on my nightstand constantly. I'm reading those before bed. I will dive into one specific market every week and try to look at forward thinking, where is price appreciation and rental growth headed. And then I would also, what I really look at is where are millennials, where are the younger duration generation starting to move to, mm-hmm. you know, as people start to look, you know, and get their first or second job, where they're heading to. I think if you would have looked at that, you would have gotten early into places like Austin or Nashville. Mm. I think, but you know, Charlotte, Charlotte's another one where we're starting to see that even places like 
you know, Milwaukee and Cleveland where you're seeing downtown revitalization. But I think a lot of these boom markets start with younger generations starting to move into areas early on because they, you know, can afford to live there as they get priced out of some of these bigger cities and getting early on in those, you can see really, really strong opportunities. Yeah. Um, who are you learning from? In terms of individuals that I learned from? Yeah. So I think that, um, you know, as a, especially when you're, I don't want to say necessarily at the top, but you know, when you're at the top, when, when you're a leader in your space or company, it's sometimes tough to have someone directly to look for, look to and learn from. So I'm just curious how other leaders are, you know, who are you learning from? It could be books, friends, family members, coworkers. It's up to you. <laughs> yeah. I learned a ton from our data science team and the way they think, you know, I come from a world where I used to work in acquisitions at a company called Waypoint Homes. So very much on the ground in the weeds on different real estate markets, but looking at the data science team at Roostock and their intelligence around taking a big picture approach and really diving into the data. I've learned a ton from them and, you know, sitting down and taking those guys to lunch, you just learn a, a ton about taking a, you know, a big data approach to, to real estate investing. I think that's really where we're headed and it removes the emotion from it as it should. Hmm. That's good. And, and last but not least, you know, obviously you kind of touched on it, you know, real estate can be very emotional, which means it comes with some really highs and really lows. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think uh, at least that it's very important to stay inspired. So uh, what keeps you inspired? Day to day, you know, our mission of democratizing real estate investing and opening up the investment world to buyers of of all ages that live in all different markets. Every day I'm thinking about how do we remove this distance and make it easy and easier for those people. And that is the, the mission, you know, I look at every day and talk to my team about that. That keeps me inspired. I know how much real estate investing has changed my life mm. and I want to expose more and more people to it. That's awesome, man. That, that, this, this has been great, Zach. So thank you so much for your time. Thanks for sharing about Rootstock, what you guys are doing. Um, you know, obviously there's, uh, there's quite a bit of heart and soul behind this business. It seems like what you guys have going on here and you're really doing something to move the needle here. Uh, before we close out, I wanted to give everyone uh, opportunity uh, to either uh, connect and learn, and learn more about Rootstock and, or, and connect with you. So, uh, what are the best ways that people can both learn more about Roostock and connect with you if they have more questions, want to follow up? Yeah, thanks, Nate. Really enjoyed the conversation. And anybody who's interested in learning more, you can go to Roostock.com. It's free to register. If you would like to, to have a conversation, if you're just getting started, you can email me directly at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at Roostock.com more than happy to, to have a conversation no matter where you're at in the process if you're just getting started or you know actively looking for a property very cool well like i said thanks thanks so much again thanks for your time thanks everyone for listening and uh we'll put some notes in or uh, some links in the notes as well for uh, you guys so if you want to go check out rootstock and, and learn more about what they're doing 
And until the next episode, uh, we'll see you guys then. Thanks. Well, that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening to the TechNest podcast. Hey, don't forget you can get on the email list so you never miss an upcoming episode. That's TechNest.io. That's T-E-C-H-N-E-S-T dot I-O. Get on the email list. Uh, go to the App Store, whether you found us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you found us. Leave us a five-star review and share it with your friends. And if you've got a guest or someone that you'd like to recommend or if you think that you'd be a great guest on the show, hey, send me an email, nate at realteampanda.com. That's nate at realteampanda.com. See you guys later.